welcome to a brand new season of the Scriptures Revealed podcast. And I am excited about what we are going to be learning this year. We are going to take a journey through the Old Testament this year. And what we're going to do is to begin to decode and unlock and uncover the hidden revelations of Jesus Christ and the Old Testament. I have managed to find a hundred of them. Now, I am sure there are more, but we are going to deal with the hundred that I found uh, thus far, and we're going to deal with it this year. And we're going to start with the book of Genesis, go all the way through the book of Malachi to uncover, uh, <laughs> as, uh, as you speak, almost like, you know, digging and searching for treasure, these revelations and mysteries about Jesus Christ. So I have a lot to cover in a short amount of time. So we're going to jump right in. Be sure uh, that you are subscribed to the podcast. Uh, Be sure that you are sharing this with people so that we can all begin to fall in love with Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, many of you that have been following me since season one, when we were uh, going through the book of Ephesians, you know that my heart's desire when it comes to the scriptures is that I want us to fall in love with the author. I believe in the power of the word of God. I believe in the transformative power of the word, the redeeming power of the word, and the sanctifying and the cleansing power of the word. But I believe that all all of its powers are, are, are embedded in the scriptures so that we can fall in love with the author who is Jesus Christ. And so as we begin to take this journey uh, of unlocking these revelations, I want us to walk away hungry and thirsty for more of Jesus. And then as we continue to go, I'm going to show you also that the more you see in Jesus, it becomes a mirror and a, and, a, and a measuring rod, so to speak, for you to begin to grow and mature in him. Because we cannot forget that Romans says that we have been called to be conformed into his image. So whatever I see in Jesus, there is an element of that that should be reflecting in my life. So let's get to work. All right, now let's go into the book of uh, Genesis, and we're going to unlock mystery number one, is that Jesus is the creator. Jesus is the creator. Let's look at it. Genesis chapter one, uh, verse one says, in the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep, while the spirit of God hovered over the deep. I love the NRSV that says, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. I love that. I love that. But what I want us to pay attention to is that in the very first verse of the opening of the Bible, it says that in the beginning, God created. In the beginning, when God created, God is opening up his story by talking about his creative work. Now, you don't get real insight into that and understanding that we're talking about Jesus until you go over to the New Testament. I'm going to show you two scriptures that are going to unlock this mystery for you. Now, the first one, uh, a lot of people are well acquainted with, but we're going to look at it anyway. It is John, the Gospel of John chapter 1, and we're going to look at that. Look at John chapter 1, and it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Now, let's stop right there. This this passage of scripture says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. So wherever we see God, 
there also you see the word. Now that is a powerful thing for you to grab a hold of, for you to understand that wherever you see God, you see the word. And wherever you see the word, you see God. I mean, that will just it just should encourage you to look at Bible stories and look at the times that God intervened and God spoke and God worked miracles and know that you are not getting the short end of the stick because you weren't there when God split the Red Sea. You weren't there when God called Gideon. You weren't there when when God uh, multiplied uh, fish and loaves. You weren't there when, when Jesus walked the planet and opened blind eyes and cleansed lepers. But don't think you got the short end of the stick. Because my Bible tells me that wherever I see God, I see the word. And wherever I see the word, I see God. So even though they had God working miracles in the nation of, uh, of Israel in the Old Testament, we have Jesus walking the planet in the New Testament and was able to physically touch people. We don't have the short end of the stick because they had God. And that way we have God in the word. And then we will lay the foundation for the word to be God to us and a allow that thing to become alive in us, then God is saying, you won't miss out on any miracle as long as you have my word. I found an interesting scripture uh, the other day over in the gospel of John. And Jesus said that scripture cannot be broken. I love that because that is so encouraging to know that if I can get scripture on it, I can get God in the middle of it. I'm telling you, if you can get scripture on it, then you can get God in the middle of it. And so here we have here that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. He's always been there. The word has always been there. I love that because it also gives me courage and confidence and assurance on why I can trust the word of God. Do you know why I can trust it? I can trust God's word because the word has always been here. The word, the word has always been on the scene. And every time the word has been on the scene, the word has never failed. It's never lost a case. It's never uh, 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 bowed down in defeat. It's never been there. So if the word has conquered... I can rest assured that when God speaks to me and that when I find a scripture, God's will is not God's word is not going to fail me because it's never failed before. I am not the word's first case. Your personality is not the word's first case. Your problem is not the word's first case. Your circumstance is not the word's first case. And because it's not the first case, I assure you it will not be the last. You ought to rejoice in that. Now watch this. And verse uh, three says, all things came into being through him and without him, not one thing came into being. Do you get that? <laughs> Do you get that? All things came into being through who? Him. Who is him? The word, the scriptures. So watch this. The scriptures, when I'm reading the scriptures, is not about just uh, black and white words on a, uh, and red lettered words on a page. No, I'm reading these words and realizing that the man, the God man, Jesus Christ embodied these words. When Jesus walked the planet, he didn't have to come up with his own wisdom. He didn't have to come up with his own miracles. He, he didn't have to come up with his own revelation. He was embodying the scriptures. He was the, the embodiment, the incarnation of that scripture. So when I read something in the old Testament, 
about something that God says, you know, uh, a scripture uh, off the top of my head, Psalm 41 says, happy are those who consider the poor. The Lord delivers them in the day of trouble. The Lord protects them and keeps them alive. That, that, that phrase, the Lord protects them and keeps them alive. I know that when Jesus walked the planet, he embodied that. He embodied the delivering power of God. He embodied the protective power of God because he was the word made flesh. But watch this. We got the word being the beginning. Everything came into being through the womb of the word. Everything came into being through the womb of the word. I want you to I want you to hold on to that everything, because if everything came into being through the womb of the word, that means that everything that is going to exist. <laughs> I'm telling you, there is nothing that that's going to be created that is not going to come through the womb of the word. If you need a miracle in your life, if you need peace, if you need deliverance, if you need healing, if you need prosperity, whatever you need to be created in your world is going to come through the womb of the word. <laughs> I love that. I love the word. Now, that's scripture number one. Scripture number two. Scripture number two is found in the book of Revelation. You know, the this book we stay away from because we think it's all about the end times and doom and gloom. But the book of Revelation is about the revelation of Jesus Christ. So that means that this book is actually filled with so much insight about Jesus Christ. And we're going to look at uh, a part here. Revelation chapter three, verse 14 says this. Let's see here. And to the angel of the church in Laodicea, write the words of the amen. This is Jesus. It's the words of all of these descriptive terms here are about Jesus. You see the words of the amen, the words of the faithful and true witness. And look at this phrase here, the words of the origin of God's creation. Another translation says the beginning of God's creation. Jesus is the origin of God's creation. Now, when we look at that, when we look at origin, he's the beginning, the origin. What is the Bible saying? Watch this. This is going to bless you. It is saying that everything in creation finds its origin in Jesus. Jesus begot creation. <laughs> you know the victory of that statement? It means that if Jesus begot creation, that means creation belongs to Jesus. So any part of creation that is not submitting to his lordship, that is not submitting to his sovereignty, that is not submitting to his rulership, that is not submitting to his kingdom, it is out of order. That is why we have authority to say, oh, no, 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 uh -uh. you're not going to operate like this. Body, you're not going to operate this. My finances, no, you're not going to operate this. My mind, no, you're not going to operate like this. You're going to operate according to how the one who begot you intended for you to operate. No, no. So mind, you're going to operate like God intended for you because everything in creation was begot by Jesus. <laughs> now the enemy has come along and perverted it. What, what has he done? He's twisted it. He's tried to morph it. He's tried to change it. But the beauty of our savior is that he is the origin. He is the one who begot it. So everything in creation has hope for future because everything finds its origin in Jesus. I love that. He is the creator. He is the creator. He is the creator. I want you to be encouraged. I want you to be encouraged that no matter where you find yourself, no matter what's going on in your life, no matter what is going on around you, you can have hope 
that something can be created in your life. As long as you have Jesus, there's opportunity for creation. <laughs> I don't care how dark it looks. I don't care how bleak it looks. I don't care how depressing it looks. As long as you have Jesus, there is hope for a new beginning. There is hope for a new origin. And I'm telling you, all of that is wrapped up in Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created. What is God saying? In the beginning, <laughs> was Jesus there creating with me by the word of the Lord. He is our hope because he is a creator. He is a creator. You are not without hope when the God you serve is the great creator. Now, all right, now that's revelation number one. We're getting ready to step into revelation number two, and it's just in the next verse. Uh, so don't go anywhere. I'll be right back to share with you revelation number two. All right, welcome back for the second part of this. And I hope y'all are hanging in there with me as we begin to step into the second revelation we see of Jesus in the Old Testament. It is just in the very next verse. So we talked about uh, the first revelation we see is that Jesus is the creator. You know, it says in the beginning, God created. But once we get over into the New Testament, we see that God creating is really the word creating. And Jesus was the word made flesh. And we also know that Jesus was the origin of creation. So when we see God creating, who we're really looking at is Jesus, because Jesus is the image of the invisible God. I love, love, love that. Now, in the very next verse, it says, then God said, let there be light. And there was light and God saw that the light was good and God separated the light from the darkness. What did God do? God said, let there be light. Now watch it. Watch this. Once we get into verse three, we didn't, we don't see here where it says God is creating light. What God, what it's saying is God said, let there be light or let light be revealed. That's what he's saying. Let light be revealed. Cause in verse one, God created everything in verse one. <laughs> oh man, this is so rich. I want y'all to say what I mean. I'm going to try not to get on a rabbit trail with this, but in verse one, God created everything. Everything was created. Creation was created in verse one. What we are looking at from verses three on is the revelation of what God has already created. That is a powerful principle for you to grab a hold to because it's going to, again, bring some confidence and some assurance to your heart to know God is not out here uh, trying to come up with a solution for your problem. He's not out here trying to come up with a solution for your circumstance. What he's doing and what you're waiting on is for that thing to manifest. It's for God to reveal what he's already created. <laughs> he's already, that's why he says, I know the end of a thing from the beginning because I've already created everything. And what is happening in time is the revelation of what I've already created in eternity. So we have creation in verse one, verses three, onward is the revelation. It's the manifestation of what God created. So God created everything. We get to verse three and God says, let there be light or let light manifest itself. Now, the interesting thing about this is that light is manifesting itself in verse three. And yet, if we go all the way down to verse uh, 14, it says, God said, let there be lights in the dome of the sky to separate the day from the night. So God is creating lights in verse 14, or he's the, the manifestation of lights is in the verse 14. But in verse 
three, it is the manifestation of light. What is going on here? What is the difference? We're getting ready to see that revelation number two of Jesus is that Jesus is the light of the world. <laughs> he is the light of the world. We have the creation of lights in verse 14, but the, but the manifestation of light is in verse three. What is this light? I'm going to prove to you that it's Jesus. Look over in the book of Hebrews, if you can. If not, you can come back to it and, and look at it. Book of Hebrews, chapter 1, says this. It says, Long ago God spoke to our ancestors in many and various ways by the prophets, but in these last days he has spoken to us by a son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom he also created the worlds, which is proof again he's the creator. He Watch this, verse 3. He is the reflection of God's glory and the exact imprint of God's very being. And he sustains all things by his powerful word. Do you see that? It says that he is the reflection of God's glory. If you look at that translation, we talk about he is the reflection of, of the brightness, the brilliance of God. He is the, the God's glory is always bright. Even in the thick darkness, Exodus talks about in the thick of that darkness, there is also still light. Uh, who, what is this light? What is this glory? That the glory of God is Jesus. The light of God is Jesus. All right, we get over in, in, in the New Testament and Jesus comes on the scene and what does Jesus say? Jesus said, I am the light of the world. That's what Jesus says. Jesus said, I'm not going to leave this up for y'all to try to figure out. I'm here to tell you that I am the light of the world. And where, where is that located? That's over the light of the world is, uh, is located over in Matthew uh, chapter 5, verses 14 and 16. Uh, he talks about him being the light, but then Jesus goes on and says, what? Not only am I the light, I'm going to make you the light of the world. I'm going to make you the light of the world because everybody that's in Christ can become a reflection of Christ. Oh man, that's so amazing. Everybody that's in Christ, your, your, your aim and your goal is to become a reflection of Christ. So in Genesis chapter one, three, what is happening is that God is saying, let there be a revelation of my glory in the earth. <laughs> let that, which is why after the fall of mankind, and you look at the writings of the prophets and you see Isaiah prophesying and Haggai uh, prophesying and, uh, and various other prophets prophesying that the glory of the Lord is going to fill the land again. The glory of the Lord is going to fill the earth again. How is he going to do it? What is he saying? Is that Jesus Jesus is going to fill the earth again. The manifestation and the revelation of Jesus is going to fill the earth again. And how are we a part of that? He says, I'm going to make you light in the world. I'm going to make you a reflection of me. So everywhere you are, it, that is where the glory is. <laughs> oh, man, which is what sin did. Man, I wish I had time to walk through this with Jesus. That's what sin did. It was that it made us fall short and miss the mark of glory. <laughs> That's why the Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of what? Glory. Not falling short of making God love us. Not falling short of being perfect. What we feel short of, what sin made us fall short of, is reflecting the glory of God. Jesus is the light of the world. He is the glory that the world is waiting on. The earth is groaning for the manifestation of the sons of God. Why? Because if a son of God can be manifested, can be revealed, then glory can come out. And when glory comes out, light is there. Now, let me give you a, another tidbit here about light. 
I'll show you something here about light about light let's go over to let's see let's let's go to old testament first look at our old testament reference first let's go over to proverbs 6 23. i hope y'all are learning something and i hope you go back and listen to this again because you're probably going to uh grab different stuff every time you listen to it because i want you to get excited about jesus i want you to fall in love with him so proverbs 6 23 says watch this remember jesus is is light for the commandment is a lamp <laughs> and the teaching a light and the reproofs of discipline are a way of light watch this he says my commandment is a lamp and my teaching is a light watch this so walking in the light has to do with walking in the commandments and the teachings of god another uh translate talks about the plans and the purposes of god the plans and the purposes of god what does that mean jesus being light jesus is the plan and the purpose of god <laughs> what does that mean then I, if you're trying to figure out god what is your plan in all of this what is going on? This looks crazy. What is what is your plan and your purpose? God's plan and purpose is always for Jesus Christ to be revealed. He wants Jesus revealed. He wants Jesus revealed. And so as the light, and when God says, I want you to walk in the light and I want you to be the light, he said, I want you to walk in Jesus. I want you to walk in my plan. And my plan is get Jesus revealed in that situation. I want Jesus to be, to be revealed on your job. So I planted you there. I wanted Jesus to be revealed in your neighborhood. So I planted you there. You have to look at wherever you are in life as a planting of the Lord. And wherever the Lord plants you is because he's trying to get his glory there. And his glory is a manifestation of Jesus. Man, oh man, oh man. I don't know if you can tell, but I'm I'm pretty excited. <laughs> now look 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 at Matthew chapter four verse sixteen. Let's look at a, a New Testament reference here. Matthew chapter four and verse sixteen says. Uh, Jesus would give you the backdrop here is that uh, Jesus uh, heard that John the Baptist got arrested and so he went off and, and prayed but then he went into uh, Capernaum uh, and it also talks about how he made his home in Capernaum so we, we have scripture that Jesus also had a house so when <laughs> so we need to do away with this theology that Jesus didn't have a house and have nowhere to sleep and nowhere to, to, to uh, eat and all that stuff because the Bible clearly says in Matthew chapter 4 that Jesus had a house in Capernaum but that's a side note. But he gets there. He's in this territory. And then uh, we get to verse 15 that says land of he's quoting the prophet Isaiah and says land of Zebulon, land of Neptala on the road by the sea across the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who sat in darkness have seen a what? They've seen a great light. And for those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has done. What has what has happened? What is going on? <laughs> Jesus said, hey, I am the fulfillment of this. This prophecy though you sat in darkness at one point now you've seen a great light who is this light this light is Jesus I don't care how dark it's been Jesus says I am light the glory is here and when the glory is here God's plan is going to be clear God's purposes are going to prevail God is going to be exalted why why because Jesus is the light of the world now you have this this uh, 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 connection here between Jesus being creator and Jesus being light of the world I, why did I decide to talk about these two revelations together because everywhere you see God creating something you know that God is getting ready to get glory 
glory out of something. <laughs> Jesus says, I don't start anything unless I plan to get glory out of it. I don't create anything unless I plan to get glory out of it. I want you to be confident and I want you to have hope today that regardless of what is going on in your life, because you are a creation of God, he's going to get glory out of your life. Because you are a creation of God, he is not going to let you die in shame. He's not going to let you die hopeless. He's not going to let you die forsaken. He has promised you, I'm going to get glory out of this. Why? What's, what's my token of assurance here? My token of assurance is I am his creation and he is a creator. And whatever he creates, he plans to get glory out of. Oh man, that is, <laughs> that is, I'm, I'm about to shout in this room right now by myself <laughs> because that I am uh, encouraged by that, that regardless of what is going on around me, I am confident that God is getting glory out of my story. He's getting glory out of my circumstances. He's getting glory out of my situation. He's getting glory out of it because I could rest in the fact that because he is creator, he's always going to get glory. He is the light of the world. And because he is, First John puts it this way, as he is, so are we in this world. So if he can create things, then I have creative abilities in me too. If he can uh, start new beginnings, then I have the ability to begin again too. And if he is the light of the world, if he is the glory of God, then I have the ability to reflect that glory, to share that glory, to release that glory all around me. Nothing around me is hopeless because I've been put here to be a light in the world. I've been put here to release, to reflect, to manifest and reveal the light of the world, which is the glory of the invisible God. Thank you guys so much for joining me this week. I hope you were blessed. I hope you were encouraged. I hope you learned something. And I hope you'll go back and listen again and look at those scriptures again. And what I hope you will do is share, 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 share this podcast. Talk about it to, to people. Post about it. Tag me in it. I want to be a part of your journey in the scriptures this year as we walk through these revelations of Jesus Christ. And if you have Clubhouse, if you are in the Clubhouse app, I'm going to be on Clubhouse on Friday uh, answering questions, uh, talking more about these revelations every Friday. I'm going to be there. So be on the lookout for information about that. Follow me there. Follow me everywhere as we journey together through the scriptures to fall more in love with the author. The word of God can change your life. You just have to allow it to do so. God bless you all. And I'll see you same time same place next week.